Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information. Green Mountain Chronicles number 48. Fighting Silicosis. Dust Control in the Granite Industry. I got that dust pneumonia, pneumonia in my lungs. I got the dust pneumonia, pneumonia in my lungs. And I'm gonna sing this dust pneumonia song. The men would work so hard. They'd come home and I, they were terribly tired, full of dust. I don't like to recall those days, those were bad. Then the government stepped in and they um, put in the suction devices, which helped a lot. Should have been done before because half the people, those boys between 40 and 50, have buried up the whole cemetery or Catholic cemetery. 1937. And as the late Sophia Bielli recalls, suction devices to control granite dust begin to be installed in Barry's granite sheds. The first commercial granite quarry was opened in Barrie in the 1820s. In 1889, railroad lines reached the quarries, and by the early 20th century, Barrie had emerged as a national leader in the production of granite. At the same time, the introduction of pneumatic tools dramatically expanded production, but they also exacerbated the health hazards to workers, especially stonecutters, by greatly increasing the amount of stone dust generated. When I was a a youngster, about 14, 15, I started going into the sheds in Waterbury, uh, grinding tools for the for the men. And uh, at times you couldn't see the man from the distance you were walking across, and uh, it, it was almost unbearable. Lorenzo Chioldi of Barry came to Vermont from northern Italy in 1910. Eventually, he became a part owner of the Modern Granite Company. The dust was so heavy that a man would go outside take a hose and, and blow the dust off, and it'd be nothing but a, a big cloud of, uh, of dust. They looked like they came out of a flour mill. They, they were pure white, and some would take cotton and wet it and put up their noses, uh, up their nostrils to, to keep the dust from going. But that was kind of miserable to do. Frank Freiberg of Barry began working in the granite industry as an apprentice draftsman in 1928. He recalls the city's Beckley Hill Sanatorium, built for the dust's victims. These silicosis cases, after they were too sick to be at home, they'd take them up there, but there was no cure for it. You couldn't take out a lung or anything. The old part of the cemetery up here is just filled with stones, but that was the only industry here. If they wanted to make a living, they had to work in the granite industry or move out. Many uh, fathers who had sons didn't want them. Said, uh, I'd rather see them go into any industry but the granite industry because they knew what was happening. And their sons, uh, he would uh, fight like the devil to keep them from going in, into the granite industry. With no insurance or compensation provided by the industry, granite workers and their families came to each other's aid. One of the most active organizations among the Italians was the Mutuo Socorso, or Mutual Assistance Society, as Pace Nicolino, whose father died of silicosis, recalls. 
They were instrumental in holding benefit dances for widows whose husbands had died from the occupational hazard silicosis. And these men died at a very young age, some of them in their very early 40s, left widows and young children, while the Mutua would put on benefit dances. And I can recall one when uh, they earned $800 for this widow. That was an enormous amount in those days. Workers had begun calling for dust control as early as 1900, but to no avail. Then in the 1920s and 30s, union agitation increased, and in 1937, the Industrial Hygiene Division of the Vermont Department of Health initiated a silicosis control program based on an agreement between the labor unions and the shed operators. In the following decades, reported cases of silicosis dropped dramatically. In the 1980s, no silicosis disability claims have been filed. I'm always so glad that they finally got the dust control taken care of because it was a killer. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin, and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org slash donate.